Wardcast episode 252. Go! I'm Delamento, and I am rejoined by Mr. Alexander Damrath. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing well. I'm doing uh, very well. Happy anniversary, Alex. <laughs> is it okay is it an anniversary or just like a like a like a happy big number and <laughs> uh happy almost one full year since we've seen one another physically for a podcast recording oh that anniversary okay yeah my new yeah. anniversary one Got year it. the the silk bronze the wool and uh, what's a one year um, what do you get? What do you gift on a on a first year anniversary? God, you know, Mickey and I at one point looked this up, uh, and, and it, it was <laughs> she really looked it funny. Up and she's like, "Weird, it's a diamond for the first year." <laughs> we were mostly just like laughing about how much we like weren't gonna do it. But um, hang on, I'm gonna look it up because it is it is wacky. Um, what she found read so weirdly as like a mix of traditional stuff like okay that's obviously like something from olden times and then like something hallmark kind of threw in there as like a yeah. way to like you know get people to like spend more yeah, uh, so yeah it's weird because yeah they they split them up with like there's like ones that are based off like precious gemstones and then others mm-hmm. that are like more contemporary what do you got what do you got like the first anniversary is paper Ah, uh, gotta so, get that paper. Yeah, so that 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 feels real, I guess. I, yeah, you know, I guess paper was valuable in like an olden times thing. Uh, I'll take cash. <laughs> you get to like the 18th anniversary, and it's appliances. What? At that point, I want a new fridge. <laughs> the appliance anniversary. <laughs> uh, like the 26th is art, and the 27th is music. Okay. Uh, uh, at one point, there's like an electronics. Yeah, the 44th anniversary is electronics. <laughs> Honey, I finally got you that iPhone you wanted 40 years ago. Happy anniversary, my love. Uh, the 46th is games. So okay, once you All reach right. 46 years with your significant other, then you're officially gamers. Finally, the gamer <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> Uh well we have a different anniversary. Uh this is going to be our our Pringles anniversary. It's a special time. It's a special day here on the Wardcast. Uh so for those of you who don't know, um Microsoft has partnered with the great people at Frito Lay. Oh, it's just it's straight up Pringles LLC. They're not owned by anyone. Yeah. Um Pringles is its own thing. <laughs> The fine uh, Pringles and Dr Pepper. If you want to own, if you want to purchase quality goods from <laughs> small small businesses, um, the fine folks at Pringles they've partnered with with Microsoft, the folks that make the Halos, to make a limited edition, only available in Walmart, wavy Pringles, uh, Moa Burger flavor. Uh, Moa apparently being a large flightless bird in the halo universe that's only seen in halo reach uh it's also apparently an actual bird uh what, it was uh one nick nundall was telling me that was based i don't out think of New it Zealand. is anymore 
Yeah, I think it's extinct. Yeah. Um, but in the world of Halo Reach, anything is possible. Anything. Before we pop into these, uh, so it's so it's Moa burger flavored. Uh, starting off, is there a burger flavor like before this, or is this like is this just going to ah. taste like hamburger? Let's find out. Okay. Hang on, Pringles hamburger. Hamburger. There sure is. There is okay. both hamburger and cheeseburger Pringles. Oh, maybe we should have purchased one of those to compare. At one point, there was Wendy's Baconator Pringles. What? <laughs> I don't know how long that lasted. Too fancy <laughs> for my ass. Uh, yeah. Are you a Pringles guy, Alex? Uh, actually, I I think I've told you it's it's gonna be hard to beat for any chip. It's hard to beat a pizza Pringles. I mean, pizza, like, pizza is almost, it's almost the perfect chip. It's almost, yeah. a pizza Pringle is, is divine, really. Beyond um, that, I think Pringles is not noteworthy. Uh, I like barbecue. Pizza. Okay. Barbecue, yeah. I, I just feel like their other flavors are the same as any other sure. chip flavors, like barbecue, Nothing noteworthy. cheese, sour cream and onion. Like, yeah, like, I could just get those from, like, a Lay's, baked sure. Lay's or whatever. But, but, but pizza Pringles is, like, an S tier chip i do like um i don't know pringles can can you know they're they're not as heavy on the body though they're pretty light yeah potato crisps is what they're referred to on the can i i want to say they're not like sliced potatoes like most no it's i'm pretty sure it's like powdered potato that's been compressed into a chip like form so they're much they're much fluffier yeah it's like eating the cotton candy version of the cotton candy of, of <laughs> potato, potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think it's gonna taste like? Just before we pop um, into it. Oh, okay. I'm a little. In order to try and make it a little easier on listeners, I, I tried to quietly open it before oh, we fine. started, and so I've already gotten like kind of a whiff. Oh yeah. What 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 is the what are your olfactory senses telling you? Uh, the my very first and my strongest receptor is uh vinegar oh weird it's a very strong vinegary i'm not the biggest salt and vinegar uh chip guy yeah so I'm, we'll we'll find out i'm sort of wondering if it's gonna taste like not vinegar or or, or just like how much that plays into it yeah um My- i think we, i think we i'm gonna pop it open now gonna give people some asmr i think we owe it to people to maybe have some crunch <laughs> on the mics you know if, if if people don't like that if you're not a fan of that maybe just skip ahead a little bit <laughs> um let me let me take a let me take a whiff whoa yeah you weren't kidding holy shit that's vinegary that's it's very vinegary i it's it's not overpowering like like you know just having like a bottle of vinegar but it is like the strongest note yeah uh god my dad actually so like i showed him a can to him and he was like can you figure out anything from like the ingredients list? And uh, you can't really. There's sugar, yeah. citric acid, uh, uh, spices. Yeah, everything's says. gonna be hidden in the spices <laughs> and the natural and artificial flavors. Yeah, there is also dried onion, which is sure. cool, I guess. But yeah, um, they also use paprika coloring to color the chips, so they have like a red dusting on them. Yeah, which I like. They're wavy too. I've never had a wavy Pringles. Yeah, this I- is. Is that New like science. a future Halo thing that they finally yes, discovered the- how to make Pringles wavy in the Halo? Cortana, I asked for the wavy chips. <laughs> 
But chief, the only chips left are Pringles. Then make it happen. <laughs> make them wavy. <laughs> Giving the covenant back their Pringles. All right, you okay. ready? You ready? To, oh, this to... is real blasted on the bottom. I gotta make sure I get that part in my tongue. All right, ready. All right. That doesn't taste like anything. Like it just tastes like paprika or cumin it's, or something. It's spicy. It's spicy, like, but not, not like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like my 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 taste buds are dancing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, going for another one. You know, this is like salt and cheese. And a little bit of cayenne. Yeah, I don't taste any cheese. I'm getting like a smidge this, of cheese. This is like... And again, I mean, I was telling you before recording, like, I haven't had a Pringles in like a decade, so... um, I mean, this just kind of tastes like the barbecue chips to me. <laughs> and maybe that's just because my sense memories can only remember the barbecue chips, so that's what it's gravitating towards. Maybe. Hang on. That one was a little more uh, balanced. It's still very hard to tell. It's just like a sweet mesquite kind of barbecuey flavor. I'm not getting like barbecuey very much at all. I'm, I'm getting like a weird salty, cheesy, almost like a veggie kind of. There's like a hint mm. of vegetable to it. Um, like I want to say celery. Maybe there's like celery salt and spices maybe. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't taste that. Do we get different cans? Are they just like repackaging just whatever excess? Is it like the dumb, flavors dumb they mystery have? flavor? Yeah. <laughs> like the airheads. Just make them wavy and throw whatever dust on them. I was expecting something meatier. Yeah. Like something like really savory. But this just tastes like a sweet salty kind of peppery when it first hits your tongue there's something there but it's gone in like an instant but there is like something are you getting that or is it just me all like, i'm getting is like the vinegar at the yeah. very beginning yeah there's definitely a lot of vinegar i mean it's good it's not bad i could eat it yeah i just you know you, you kind of want it to taste like a boa burger yeah, you know, the, the, the classic Moa burger that we've all had. Because, <laughs> like, the burger that they, the Photoshop burger they have on the can, like, looks pretty good. It's like this, first off, it's four patties. So it's just this enormous burger with, like, what looks like some sort of cheese and then, like, a coleslaw with cucumbers, like a, like a, like a red slaw with cucumbers yeah. in it and, like, this, like, chipotle mayo looking thing and then some sort of like tomato spread on it like it looks and there's great. like a pepper like, jack between all the patties yeah like that looks like a fucking great burger this doesn't taste anything like you. that my only problem I, with the burger is like anything with that many thick patties or thick patties uh stacked on top of each other is not edible like <laughs> why, well why why are we designing burgers that can only be eaten by snakes <laughs> i mean have you been to an In-N-Out? 
People go, people go buck wild with their four by fours. Not recently, and I wouldn't. I'd just be like, "Why? There's no way I can eat this." <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's called animal style because you're all our animals. <laughs> kind of underwhelmed, honestly. Yeah, it's just not what I expected. Okay, one more, and I don't know what I expected. I don't know. I went into this with no expectations, and I'm still kind of like, huh. (laughs) (laughs) And even those weren't met. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was expecting like a beef flavor of some sort. Right. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Well, this podcast is ruined. (laughs) Shut down. (laughs) Uh, You know what else is disappointing? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> what? What? Let me know. NFTs. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know if we were going that route or towards WoW, but yeah. <laughs> no, I have plenty of time to talk about. I don't think. Uh, it, it, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. I think. Okay. Okay. I I want to. God, nothing's more disappointing than what's going on in the art world right now. Frankly, just just a just an absolute parade of of. Oh God! What would you what would you say? A parade of terrible, horrible things. <laughs> yeah, no, not a, nothing about this is fun. <laughs> yeah, I I muted the phrase NFT like within a, the first day or so. And the thing within with Twitter mutes is that they're about as bad as you expect because it doesn't <laughs> mute like derivations of the word you muted. So like if someone says NFTs plural doesn't mute that so still get plenty of those those tweets but yeah i don't know i um it's dumb non-fungible tokens uh if you aren't familiar i'm gonna try and give you the best uh uh rundown of what this is that i can yeah give me an elevator pitch okay so a non-fungible token is essentially a bitcoin Mm-hmm. And some Silicon Valley folks, uh, uh, in what mostly can be assumed was a bid to make a ton of money, um, started to pitch this idea to artists as a way to make a lot of money. So they convert your JPEGs into NFTs and uh, sell them on the market for more nfts more cryptocurrency yeah uh and yeah that could make an artist a lot of money um the problem is the minting of these nfts with every jpeg the smart contracts right uh uses about as much energy as a small country and um is this a big problem for a planet on the brink of disaster this is this is like real close to just pushing us over the edge uh a lot of artists it turns out aren't making a lot of money off of it it seems to be making a lot of money for people who have like investments in in uh in bitcoins and in cryptocurrencies um there's also like a weird you can't like be in this club unless you're you're fairly well known already so it's like not even a big boon to the art community it's a it's a total 
uh, it's it's like nailing, it's like reinforcing the wall. It's of, it's of a Ponzi exclusion. scheme. Yes, it's 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 multi level marketing for rich assholes so they can get richer. Um, right, uh, and there's a lot of of artists who are sort of unaware of the problems and are trying to get into it some that are and are like you know very actively trying to be like do not fall for this do not jump into it with like both feet um you've got relatively large artists sort of championing and championing the movement like before word got out that this is really a bad thing um people was all about it and if you don't know people he's like this famous cg artist who puts out like a work a day of, of of like beautifully rendered 3d model art um but but he's like all about it and he's got an entire marketplace of like his non-fungible token work getting sold for for tens of thousands of dollars worth of ethereum i want to say hundreds of thousands recently um Man, it's it's just a crapshoot all around. Uh, most recently, this started to tip over into the game sphere with um, uh, just absolute <laughs> dumpster fire of a human being, Jason Brewer. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> uh, libertarian champion of games, Jason Rower, <laughs> uh, who opened up. Of course, of course, he did. Uh, just like opened up his own little NFT art shop. Uh, full of work that he did not make, <laughs> right? It, he he. So if you're not familiar with Jason Roa, he he created a couple games. He made that game. He self published that Nintendo DS game. It was yep. like that was you know kind of kind of grabbed a bunch of headlines back in the day. Um, he also created the Castle Doctrine, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a game about like it's just literally like a libertarian fantasy about defending your home against other people you build mazes within your house and then other players can uh spawn in your house and try to steal your goods but only if they can get through the maze and and if you're not there to defend it right yeah and it's based off the actual castle doctrine which says a man's home is his castle and in certain states i think or cities like people have the uh the ability to defend their home with lethal force if they choose he's known for that minecraft on a flash drive where if you die you pass it off to someone else which i think reached seven people and then got lost forever (laughs) yeah then some guy just walked away with it (laughs) at gdc uh and uh oh and that mmo one minute one life yeah yeah that browser mmo where you get to grow from like a baby to a person in the span of a minute and but most people just die in the first couple seconds um yeah, but you know he's he's real libertarian and real hardcore about it, and is also kind of a uh, a uh, kind of a uh, massive tool and, and a a COVID denier, I believe. Oh yeah, that too. Like um, big brain, like oh, COVID's going to be this pandemic's going to be over in a month, and like hey, like you know, wearing a mask is a form of like imprisonment, shit like that. So that's the crash course on Jason Roar. Uh, yeah. Opened up his own NFT shop full of art that is not his. Yeah. Uh, that he requisitioned for, for the Castle Doctrine, mm-hmm. I believe. He like just went around when he was making the Castle Doctrine, asked a bunch of game dev friends and colleagues to make like pixel art for like paintings within within the game. Right. Uh one of which is uh created by Adam Saltzman. Mm-hmm. Who am I incorrect in saying is kind of a friend of the show? I would say colleague. We've had him on before. Yeah. 
uh, this this my favorite quote from this whole Kotaku article on the entire debacle surrounding Roar um, is Saltzman. Oh God, where is it? <laughs> I I, I want to make sure I get this exactly right because it's not good unless I get it exactly right. <laughs> but it's uh oh okay. <laughs> Either. <laughs> A lose-lose proposition for me in the short term, says Adam Saltzman. Either Jason does more gross public shit using my art, or else I have to, like, talk to Jason and spend some of my life doing that, which also sucks. (laughs) It's very good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right after that, uh, they also interview Frank Lance, who is the director of the NYU Game Center, and apparently he has a, a kind of friendlier relationship with Rower and try to uh talk about the thing with him um yeah it's uh i mean that in of itself like the rower stuff like of course he would do something like this um Mm -hmm. because he's super tone deaf and uh this this nightmare of a weird crypto backed art thing seems right up his alley but the whole thing is just dumb and and it's really weird because it went so fast from like me not knowing about it to like everyone knowing about it Mm um and uh, you know, originally when people were ca- talking about crypto art, I thought they were talking about making artwork of cryptids. And I was like, oh, that yeah. sounds cool. Why is everyone <laughs> hating on this? And then I found out what it was. I was like, oh, okay. I think I I think I had the exact same reaction <laughs> like the first day of learning about this. It's dumb. Cryptocurrency's dumb. Uh, as someone that does own a small amount of cryptocurrency, I that purchased it like years ago i I, with every day i feel worse and worse about even participating in some form in that market and i hate that uh late stage capitalism basically uh, to a certain extent is because like i have gained a lot of money with Mm -hmm. it and it's like oh that's nice like i could use it to you know pay off some debts or you know put it towards a game i'm working on or whatever whatever but there's the whole ecological cost that goes into like what a single cryptocurrency transaction is like what what's that one real roundabout way it's like someone asks you what cryptocurrency is and you say imagine you had your car idle for a year to solve sudoku puzzles <laughs> and then it gave you fake money because of that it's it's like yeah. that and it's all dumb it's a dumb speculative market and it doesn't you know empower artists or anyone that participates in it anymore it's it's just another way to let the rich get richer and yes. it's super dumb and i really hope it goes i hope it goes away soon like i hope like cuz the backlash against all the nft stuff seems strong enough that there's going to be like a real either some sort of like legislation's going to come out because of it or like there's just going to be like a real like kind of uh uh protest backlash like we are refusing to participate in this from like maybe larger organizations or something like that and hopefully that makes the the market crash and make it a non-viable thing to do because it's a bad thing to do and i'll have to keep tabs on that so i can cash out before the the market crashes um But yeah, yeah. I, I I hate that I have any sort of participation in it, and I hope it all goes away because it's just so dumb. It's so dumb to like, like it's the most. You know, someone made the comparison to Universal Paperclips, uh, which is very funny because Frank Lance made Universal pa- Paperclips, um, and uh, 
it, it feels literally like that. Like there's literally no purpose for it except to create artificial scarcity in order to make money or to make a resource. And like it's literally the universal paperclips model. It's like we are going to consume the world for no other purpose than to make a thing. What value does this thing have? Well, it's the value that we place on it. Right. And it's I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. It's frustrating. I hate it so much. Should have just uh, bought Jimmy stock. <laughs> All right, but it's, or Roblox stock. You see this Roblox IPO? I haven't. Has that been booming? It's uh, valued at $45 billion or something. Holy shit. Which is bigger than any other game company. Apparently, there's some not great stuff about that company, too. I saw one um, Chris Ligman of uh, UR Jeff Bezos fame talking about it and they were saying that they they apparently worked for that company for a little bit and they have like really bad uh um kind of safety features in place and bad uh what's the word like like like, security. like the, yeah well not security in terms of like account security but in terms of like um it's kind of like the wild west in terms of what you can create and especially since it's a product mostly marketed towards children there's no yes. one really uh, you know, looking at all the the creations that are happening there, and that, they've that's what worries me the most. I safety think, team. Yeah, I, I I think have talked a lot on this podcast about like how much Tiny Build creeps me out among other companies. I mean, I feel like if your marketing is primarily geared towards children, and you're a company that's just like making primarily kid centric games or, or or products that work to I don't know for lack of a better term, pull, pull the wool over the parents' eyes and just kind of like, like you know, hook the kid's vein straight to it. Uh, it, it bugs me. It, it mm. really does. And I, and I see it in Roblox. And it, it, it's just like, how how can we get kids addicted to this? And, and how can we like... <laughs> And to be and to be fair, like I know virtually nothing about Roblox. Like I know what it is like conceptually. Um, it's like almost like a Minecraft esque like game development platform. But it like, started as like a sort of Flash based, not Flash based, but but window um, browser based 3D sort of Lego game. I mm. want to say where they were there. The idea was similar to Minecraft or Legos, where you could use blocks and model and code and I think it does get kids a little interested in like STEM stuff because kids learning how to mod Roblox, which it's open and, and free to let you do so. Um, that's cool. But yeah, it certainly does lend itself to a lot of like weird kid derivatives. Uh, and, and what happens is they just kind of creatively latch on to the same stuff they've always known and they recreate it. There's like lots of Five Nights at Freddy's clones. There's lots of Call of Duty clones within Roblox. Sure. Uh, and then like Roblox kind of charges you. I think there's like there's there's either a subscription or a premium model and and you know it, it's it's all it's all meant to play into the addiction factor in the end. But in any case, uh, yeah. Doesn't All right, well, let's talk me. about a game that you're not addicted to. Let's talk about World of Warcraft, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played it. I haven't played it for like a week and a half. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Um, did you Did you get your, your Fox Man? Your Fox I did. Man? I did. You did. 
And I think maybe you. something happened where like the switch turned off and I was like, my goal is gone. <laughs> and now I'm just kind of wandering. And the wandering's cool. And the world's still cool. This this world of Warcraft, as it were. The combat's boring as hell. I just can't like find any fun in the in in, in the grind. I guess. In the loop? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I took your advice and I started like taking my time and I was reading the quest logs and I'm like, yeah, okay. These are these are cute. There, there's there's some fun oh, to be had there. God. Reading the, these, the, these quest the logs. One way to cut down to my bone is to refer to anything as cute. It's like <laughs> it's like the death nail of enjoyment from any person. Hey dad, what'd you think of that movie? Oh, it was cute. Oh, so you just hated it, is is what I'm Aww. gathering. I, I I think it's I don't hate it, but it also like doesn't really have an edge to it. I suppose. Does that make yeah. sense? Sure. Like I yeah. I mean, we talked about it last time. We talked about wow. It's 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 a certain thing for certain people, mm-hmm. and I get it if it's not for you. Uh, it's it's a flavor to sort of help mm-hmm. keep it alive and running. And, a Moa yeah, burger flavor, much like a Moa burger flavor. Um, <laughs> underwhelming stale, despite stale having no expectations yeah <laughs> um, and, and then like when you get into like the real meat of the game the gameplay itself what I've been enjoying is like getting to go around and look at all this cool art and, and see how the world evolves as you transfer from like region to region and what kind of creatures are in here uh, 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 d- dropping into the story at this day and age is is hopeless there's this like a sim- well yeah i you know i i'm basically like experiencing it backwards or out of order i'm not sure because uh uh when i started my first sort of buffer character to get the foxes it dropped me into the latest expansion that's not shadowlands but like where i'm, I'm working with the trolls yeah battle for azeroth that's it um and i was kind of like oh cool this is the start of the game and it wasn't uh that's that's after years of evolution where the story has ended up i i i then like went and did a i want to say it was maybe a burning crusade it was like green demony fiery things either, and, it was like, either that or legion was it on azeroth where you're on the same planet i think so yeah, yeah then that was probably legion not okay burning crusade so i did a legion at which point in time the the leader of the horde is not sylvanas windrunner but like no it's vulgin it's a troll guy a scottish yeah. troll guy he's like wearing scottish regalia oh does he have like a kilt I don't, yeah I don't, he's got I don't like remember. a kilt and like a, and it's all um oh tartan like tartan mm. cloth kilt and sash okay. and it's weird um, he's also got like the highlander face paint going on like like in in the, in the battle scene and he dies during that Mm-hmm. At which point he like names Sylvanas the war chief. So I was like, oh, so this came before what I did. Yeah. And then when I did a fox, I I've, at this point I had figured out, okay, you can sort of pick whichever expansion you want. I was like, right. I'm going to do pandas. Pandas are cool. Um, pandas wanna, are cool. I want to see the, the the Chinese inspired uh, island and and like you know like like get sort of immersed into that culture and that world and and like that seems like fun. And like, would you pick that one? It drops you into the timeline where uh, I don't even remember this guy's name, but there's a big orc leading the horde at this point, 
yeah, Garrosh. Garrosh. Okay. Uh, he's real angry and upset at everything. Um, doesn't matter that we did real well in that opening cutscene fighting off the Alliance. The fact that they like disappeared and dismissed just pisses him right the fuck off. And he's like, you gotta go back there. Uh, so that's how you get there. Um, yeah. So, so I, I, the ability to follow the grand overarching plot for this game, uh, uh, is, is extremely difficult right now. (laughs) Yeah, I can, I can sympathize with that. Um, yeah. it's weird because I haven't played one since Wrath of the Lich King mm-hmm. and but I still like just keep tabs on it I'm like hey what's what's WoW up to and I'll like watch a trailer or like read a little bit of the wiki and be like oh okay that's what's going on that's cool and then like check out like never play the game but just like <laughs> kind of poke my head in and be like hey where's the lore at and they're like lore's like this I was like oh cool oh that's fucked up we got spaceships now okay cool <laughs> um, and then head out yeah it, it's uh it's wild. There's um I can appreciate it. I love a game with good evolving lore. Um I, I old tabletop game I used to play called War Machine had something similar. Uh, it, it's it's cool. Like I, I like seeing a game world evolve with its players and like with its intentions intact. And I can appreciate it. But I can't like jump into it. I, I've I've built up enough to have a a, a loose timeline in my head, but it's it's still right. like like I'm I'm still kind of a stranger in this land. Well, it's also weird because they can't really like you know original WoW like vanilla, what is now classic. Mm-hmm. You just straight up can't experience. Like so, what made Cataclysm really cool? Which Cataclysm was? Uh, oh, you got delivered lunch wow look at you (laughs) (laughs) um but uh what made cataclysm cool was that it they completely redid the original vanilla map Mm -hmm. so it's like they went from so you 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 went back and you saw like oh what'd they do to like stranglethorn vale or like what'd they do to this region or that region um Mm -hmm. and those regions themselves were continuations of like the Warcraft three maps. So you're like, you went to places that you fought in, in Warcraft three and be like, Oh, what does this look like? Like fully realized that you can like walk around in and explore. Mm-hmm. Um, like in Warcraft three, they like destroy Dalaran and like the demons destroy Dalaran. And so for the first like two expansions, you never see Dalaran. Like you go to the place on the map where Dalaran is and Dalaran now is like a giant floating city. That is like one of the major like city hubs in most of the expansions. But in like the first two, you go to the part in Azeroth where it's at and it's just a large purple dome because all of the wizards that live there have constructed this force field that you can't see. It's like the hex and like you can't see into it. And they are like rebuilding the city. And once they've completed rebuilding it in Wrath of Lich King, they then raise it out of the ground and take it up to Northrend. And, but like, yeah, like you can't see that progression because you weren't there at the beginning. And now that there's so much content that you have to go find someone, like, how do they even onboard you into selecting an expansion? Cause I, cause from what I heard, you talked to Chromie, who is like one of the bronze dragonflight people, and she like, sends you to the past quote-unquote which is just one of the different expansions she like i don't know by how much but reverts the game version back to wherever that expansion was and then starts you on that expansion quest line 
Yeah, she probably doesn't like. I mean, the game probably doesn't change like actual like version numbers. It probably just like sends you to that locale. I think um, so, and just like says, "Okay, you're starting this quest line." Uh, it's funny. She can't do it unless you're like a new character. You have to be below a certain level. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, I I really wanted to kind of do it with um my buffer character because I sort of felt like I'd run out of content with uh. Uh, Battle for Azeroth with the the uh, the island of the Rastafarian trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's, and I went to her and she was just like, hello, but like didn't offer me any options. <laughs> I did eventually she- find out like, oh, okay, I can, you could go to, you can also go to like a quest board outside of the main World of Warcraft, uh, the main horde uh, 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 embassy, mm-hmm. or not embassy, but um, they're, they're big... The, the biggest building in their capital has, a, has okay. a quest board out front. You can click on it. And I think it gives you like three options for like the three other three of the <gasps> excuse me, three of the other main stories. Um, So that was how I got into Legion. And then after I sort of figured out that Legion was uh, uh not as fun and uh, what else? Oh, that particular where i was in legion like was below me in levels Mm, mm -hmm. like it was a 30 to 45 zone and i was already like mid 50s at that point and i sort of was like one second i went this is really slow this is a lot slower than like the leveling was back at the other place and then like i checked the map and like yeah the whole region was like was like that i was like oh they just put this in so you could still have a way to do the story i guess yeah, even. they they level squished everything because yeah. like every expansion they added like an extra ten levels. So like that, like the Legion area, I think was probably like level one hundred to one ten or something, or like level ninety to one hundred. But now when the this level game cap is, first out, was the cap like twenty sixty? So it's so sixty added, now with, yeah, with yeah. Shadowlands. This is, this is the first time they squished it since the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. they added ten levels every expansion except for one. I think one they skipped. Um, or added only five levels or something. Um, And then when they got the Shadowlands, they're like, all right, we're going to squish all levels. Because like one or two expansions before, they had squished all the stats. So you wouldn't shoot someone with a spell and do like 100,000 damage to them and like have a hard time tracking those numbers. Um, So they did that, and then they went and did this this level squish. I think that's a good call, honestly. Yeah, like Uh, I I don't don't think it's a bad thing. Did you, have you played any of the Shadowlands content? No, I so I haven't bought the expansion. Okay, I didn't so know sh- if I would like this game. <laughs> I didn't it's feel like dropping sixty bucks on it yet. Um, but but now that you love it, <laughs> I I don't want to give up on it yet. Okay. But I have not felt the urge to go back to it. Like you know when you, when you like a game and you come home and you're like, that's what I want to do this evening. Wow, was that for like two or three weeks? I, I did have the urge. I was like, okay, and I, and I want to get the fox. Like that was my goal. Um, and I play with the fox, and my fox is like level thirty now, going through the Mist of Pandaria expansion, and 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 I've just stopped. Like like I my heart's not in it anymore. It's not drawing me. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I could do that, but I don't. I could just sit here and browse the internet for four hours instead. <laughs> like. <laughs> Get about this the same feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> I said I think the biggest thing for me is the combat. If I had to change one thing about WoW, 
It just it feels I lifeless. There's there's well okay. I am sorry. I, I they're doing some interesting things to it to make it not feel lifeless. Like I'd prefer I I'd pick this over Pokemon probably. Sure. But uh, uh, it's still like like nothing happens. I, I press a button and my character does a cool animation, but there's like no contact, no flinch. There's just like a number. And it's like, okay. There's a little bit of flinch. They do a little knockback, a little, yeah, I, I guess a, a little, little blood splurt. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Knowing what I know of you and your preferences for, uh, you know, combat design in games. Yeah. Like, of course, this isn't going to be a game for you. You like <laughs> something bad like Monster Hunter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, I've spent so much time in my life with WoW that like going back to WoW now just seems like, it just seems so daunting and I don't think I could do it. Um, I am curious. Yeah, there's a lot of content and I could probably spend uh, a solid amount of time just exploring all of the content. I am interested in, so a bunch of Bethesda games just came to Game Pass Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been curious about Elder Scrolls Online. Mm. Uh, because that game is built using like a Skyrim style kind of combat model. And I don't know. I've always been curious about that. So I might check that out since it's included on Game Pass. And see you know what, what I like. want? Tell me what you want. Okay. What you really, really want. Like my only problem with Battle Royales is that it can feel like nothing happens and then you die and it's over. Right. Okay. I feel like I want a sort of battle royale MMO, but one where you can just like, when you die, you, you just get like instant revive back on the map and you can sort of keep exploring. Uh, well, have you heard of World of Warcraft Battlegrounds? Oh, is that kind of what that is? Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, the old Battlegrounds definitely were like that because they were like giant, like literally hours long battles that you could hmm. that you could jump out of at any time but it looks like it was its own separate instance like Alteric valley was this classic one it was like 40 versus 40 people and it was a giant map and there was like spotted across the entire map was like different objectives side objectives you could do so you could like raise this giant ancient that could help you in battle or like summon a blood god that would help the horde side and 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 i think they've definitely like gotten rid of most of that uh, mm-hmm. in newer PvP in WoW um, because of just the huge time commitment. But uh, yeah, there is um, there might be something in there for you, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promise you the moon. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mostly what I want is like sort of the, the, the FPS or third person shooter combat in, in like a PUBG or a Fortnite, but without like the the go back to the menu here's your here's your place this is what you got and and your numbers and like okay now you can play again like i want just like a consistent open world survival shooter like i feel like that would be really cool mm-hmm. just, uh, give, just give me PUBG, but with like infinite lives <laughs> throw me right back in as soon as i die i want to just keep exploring and and i just i'll never understand why that's the hangout with you with battle with with battle royales i don't know i don't know there's also a lot of concessions in battle royales that make gunplay feel not arcadey and i sort of prefer arcadey like they have to right they have to add bullet drop they have to 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 work to make it seem fair like you can't just get picked off from two miles away gotta use Um, something like fairness 
I, well, how no. gross for a competitive game to have fairness the in it. The thing is, I get it, but I just like arcadey shooters. I like my bullets to go where I'm pointing. And like, <laughs> I mean, maybe try Fortnite. Like, as someone that's been playing more and more Fortnite, and I hate that I am admitting that. Become that, this. <laughs> that I've become this piece of shit. Um,. That might be your speed. Like, I mean, I did try for- it. I, I, I also feel like you just get stomped by people who understand this genre way better than you a lot. Yeah. Well, especially uh, in Fortnite because I fucking hate the building mechanics. Like, yeah. I just, I just detest the fact that you have to like build bullshit. Like, it's just so dumb and it's so, uh, it's such a boon to Twitch gamers. Yeah. Like, I mean, and FPSs are in general, but especially that where it's like, oh, I have a bead on this guy. Go take a shot. And then just they immediately pop up a wall. It's like, what is what is the point of like this weird hybridized style? I mean, like I do think far for me to question it because it's yeah. the most successful game in the world right now. <laughs> I do also think Fortnite still has like bullet drop. Um, no, it, it does. Yeah, but it's like it, it's it's manageable. Like going from PUBG, like I've been playing like on and off some Fortnite. Like having gone from like a Valorant or PUBG style, which there's not a lot of bullet drop in Valorant, but like there's like uh recoil and stuff they have to con- consider. Mm-hmm. Like going from that into Fortnite, where it's like oh, there's bullet drop, but it's so much more manageable. Like because you can just you know when you fire a shot in PUBG, like you don't see the bullet. Like, like if it misses, you're like, okay, well, I don't know like how low or how high I have to move my reticle. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Fortnite, you're gonna see this giant, stupid ass bullet glide yeah. across the <laughs> landscape. You're like, okay, that's where it landed. So now I can adjust my aim accordingly. And so, like, going from one to the other, one that's much more semi to one that's much more arcadey. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like a crack shot <laughs> in <laughs> Fortnite because of it. Like my team, like I'll be playing with Harris or someone, and like, oh, there's someone like way over there, like like 100, 200 meters out. I'm like, all right, mm. I got him. Pull out the sniper, take a shot down him immediately, and everyone's like, whoa! And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good <laughs> because I've played way more difficult games than this. Um, I liked. Uh, there was one coming out called Hyperscape, which I don't know what's happened to it. Um, um I think it's still. I mean, it, it's. I don't know if it was in beta or what. It's definitely still going on. That's Ubisoft's. Uh, right. I understand that was like really trying to be the most arcadey of them all. So much to the point that I think their sniper rifle was hit scanned and it was a big point of contention. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, they, they like wanted it to be extremely fast and extremely like shoot from the hip and uh, a halo I, sniper in a in a battle royale. Right. And, and and but but everyone was like, oh, that sucks. You can't have that in a battle royale. And and. And I was sitting over here like I don't know I kind of want to okay, I want to try that. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not I'm not opposed to that. Like I don't think I don't think different gun feel would ruin a battle royale. Like right. it's it's all. I also think Fortnite plays much better on mouse and keyboard, which is wild for me to think about. Seeing that I'm a tried and uh, true uh, uh, controller. All, all, all shooters do. Nah, I don't, all I don't FPS think so. games, all I mean, third person shooters. Call of Duty feels pretty good on Halo. It's pretty good on a any any, any game where you can use a mouse and keyboard. It's just better. It's nice. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're going to refer you to the, the loading screen on Super Meat Boy. <laughs> Sorry. Any 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 sh- any sh- game where you have to aim is much nicer on a mouse and keyboard. I, I, I don't know if I can agree with that. Anyways. All right. So that's World of Warcraft. We'll, yeah. we'll see if you stick with it. I'll check in again in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Next word cast. Uh, I haven't touched it. <laughs> that's uninstalled. 
Well, what game? Well, then, and then that will be the end of the arc. But if yeah, next yeah. episode you're like, yeah, I checked it back out. You know, it's still kind of gripping me. Then I'm going to keep pestering you about it. And then um, I never play any other games. And the content for this podcast is ruined. <laughs> or we just become a World of Warcraft podcast like oh, all the God. other World of Warcraft <laughs> podcasts exist. And make a mint. Pringles. Make a World of Warcraft branded Pringles flavor. <laughs> Murloc meat wavy pringles i've already warned i have already warned my cousin about this and i'm not sure if i told you i think i said this last episode uh since monster hunter is coming out at the end of this mm. month like mm. world of warcraft has no hope beyond that mm. until i'm done with that monster hunter mm. so mm. <laughs> all right so we're going to uh take a hiatus uh for a couple months <laughs> while alex uh gets monster hunter out of his system because my god do i not want to hear about monster hunter ever again oh yeah, right. is, sp- speaking of monster hunter how was the monster hunter mo- movie alex directed by <laughs> paul ws anderson starring one mila jovovich as captain artemis my friend you can hear all about that on the latest <gasps> attract mode episode wow where we go all in on the new monster hunter movie uh spoiler alert it's terrible it's not terrible it's one of the worst movies it's, i've ever seen i that that's bananas to hear because like i'm not gonna sit here and say it's good but like there like it's watchable right like it's it's I, is it <laughs> sure like it's it is a it's watchable like you could sit there and turn your brain look since quarantine started, I've been a part of a lot of uh, bad movie watch groups over Discord, like mm-hmm. several. And saw Tenet me, together. <laughs> we we saw Tenet together. Also, Tenet like Tenet also totally watchable. Like I would yeah. I would watch Tenet before I'd watch some of the films that I've been forced to watch uh, amongst my other friend groups. Um, but I recently rewatched uh, Master of Disguise. Um, I watched all of the Twilight movies recently. I saw uh, Titan AE, that weird sci-fi oh, movie. Oh, I love that movie. That movie sucks shit. I love that movie. That it's movie not amazing. Ass. It's it is, fun, though. I would say that, movie's almost, it, that movie is as bad, possibly worse, than Monster Hunter. I it is can't agree the same with caliber. that. Oh, my gosh. Like, if you want... If you wanted to watch, like, the way I could describe Titan AE is, like, imagine Treasure Planet that's someone ate it, digested it, and then shit it out, <laughs> and that's Titan AE. But but the soundtrack, Dylan. Oh, my God. It's just like you in the Digimon movie. It's like, like, the Digimon movie sucks shit, but every time I bring up the Digimon movie around, you'd be like, but it's got, it's got Ska on it. It's got All-Star on it. Does it have All-Star? I forgot yeah. about that. Okay, my I like the Digimon movie because the jokes are good. Like, like they 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 straight up kind of let let the writers kind of fly. The, what joke the, is good outside Ty's mom? Ty's mom is the big one. Ty's mom's the only good part of that movie. Ty's mom's great. Uh, 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 when they're about to like hit Agumon, when Agumon winds up in the real world somehow, like like the the bus that like nearly runs into him, and. Or no, it's like a truck. There's two people in the truck, and and one of them was like, "What was that?" And the other one was like, oh, "I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention." And the other guy goes, "You were driving." Like, <laughs> that's a good gag. Wow, that, that's uh, yeah. that's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is three different movies mashed together. 
it is. I had forgotten about that part, to be fair. There's it also like that weird. What is the Fox Kids movie with like the newspaper cutout kids? Oh, uh, Angela Anaconda. Angela, there's like a bit for that at the beginning yeah. of it, uh. which is really disorienting if you haven't seen that movie in several years. Yes. <laughs> like, what was the show? I remember that it was a fever dream. Uh, <laughs> um,. Yeah, that movie's bad. That movie is worse <laughs> than the Monster Hunter movie. So there's at least one movie that's I worse. I can't agree. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, watching an IP I so love get destroyed in that movie. Yeah, is, but dude, you've seen Rise of Skywalker. I, Rise of Skywalker is more watchable than Monster Hunter. For sure. I say I they're around the rewatch same. Rise of Skywalker. I, you know, Snyder Cut's coming out soon. That oh, Snyder man. Cut movie. It's going to be worse than the Monster Hunter movie. I'm just probably just say it right now. So there's at least one movie that's worse than the Monster Hunter movie. So why doesn't um, why doesn't uh, Slade Wilson have a a Moa burger symbol on his katana? (laughs) Is there a name for that emblem that they have? It's called runes. Like that specific one is called runes. Yeah. Or like the emblems in general called runes. Okay. Yeah. That that specific one. one is called runes. I went and looked it up. I had a friend say he thinks that might have originated with like DC comics and he might be right because the halo symbols do carry a lot of references. Like there's the mm. triforce and other stuff. Um, other <laughs> examples. I can't remember. I uh, feel like if that were the case though, someone I feel like someone from Bungie or three, four, three would have come out and said that. I do think so. Maybe like a de- dev. I don't know. It, to clarify, there's a picture because for some fucking reason they shot extra scenes with Deathstroke in right. them because Deathstroke needed an expanded role in this fucking four hour Snyder Cut Justice League movie. Um, and on the hilt of his blade, he uh, has one of the emblems you can use for your Spartan in the Halo games. Yes. And it, it looks like uh, what the fuck is that? The, the Samus' symbol. It does kind of look like that, but with like some thorns. Yeah. It's like um, the cool S, but it's like the electro ball cool S Samus thing. I, I think what my friend looked up and pointed out to me, there is like a, a, a DCpedia article that has that symbol listed as the symbol for the League of Shadows. So it Weird. might have some, some, some DC origins and maybe Halo borrowed it um, because the artists on Halo borrowed their icon, their, their player icons from a lot of different things. Uh, so there is perhaps less truth to the to the joke than we'd like, but it's still fun. Bat- <laughs> Batman seeks the truth. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that's that's that then. Yeah. Um, still looking at this fucking Pringles can. The fucking Pringles head has a gamer headset on on it. It does, which really just drives home this whole thing. That's how you know it's a gamer. That's how you know he's a gamer. <laughs> Uh, I, want a, I want a modded version of the Pringles the game where he has a gamer headset on his head. Tell me about uh, Minesweeper effect. Okay. Great segue, Alex. Uh, let me tell you. Minesweeper effect. Do you like Tetris effect? I do. I love that game. All right. Imagine Tetris effect, but it's Minesweeper. <gasps> and That's it's sort free. of what it's I on itch. Yeah. It's really <laughs> good. Um, it's... Uh, so it's like just shiny little boxes like it's super rudimentary looking outside of like the post-processing and lighting that the person used like you Mm -hmm. clearly tell it's like unity it's like using like default text mesh pro fonts or whatever 
but uh yeah it's literally just minesweeper but every time you click on uh a space and it's like a safe space it makes like a soothing tone like it tetris effect so it's like you know yeah. procedurally generated kind of music that works together and when you hit like a space you know how in minesweeper if you hit an empty space and it like clears like a huge chunk of the board all at yeah. once like reveals a lot of it it'll do that but it does it like procedurally so it like goes from <gasps> left to right and goes in like a nice like chime like effect it's pretty cool like it's like if you want if you want to play minesweeper in the most calming way possible maybe check out minesweeper effect it is it's it, it could be a little there's you know if you have any like uh uh light sensitivity like the lights can be pretty bright and uh, post-processing can be a uh, pretty intense but outside mm-hmm. of that and then when you clear the whole board successfully it like wipes it all it, it, it like they all get like blown away by a gust of wind and they all like kind of <sighs> sputter and spin out and it's nice it's fun this is great as someone that likes tetris effect this is a nice little uh piece of a nice little fan game nice little addition to that to that mode of of gameplay just just make a bunch of games in the series make the effect series i want to play the sudoku effects. effect i want to play uh mortal combat effect <laughs> oh, man. um and then on the other side of that way on the other end of the spectrum i played wreckfest yeah <laughs> uh wreckfest uh i picked up like i don't know it's one of those games i picked up on a sale at some point and then never installed it it's a um it's a destruction derby game Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of classic destruction derby it's uh very simmy it has like realistic collision models and you can play in like destruction derby arenas or you can play um and like races kind of like a burnout style like trying to take each other out but there's still a race to complete Mm -hmm. um and you get ranked uh accordingly and it's cool it is definitely one of those very stringent semi eastern european made games where it's like what's matchmaking here's a server list (laughs) like figure out what you want we don't have any dedicated hosting you know it's all client side hosting from whoever's running each each individual game type like there's a lot to like in that game it's also super frustrating because it seems like so much from a a bygone era i read something really interesting lately uh recently about how a lot of your eastern european devs the reason eastern european devs like gravitate towards like uh crpgs and simulation type games is because like around the fall of the soviet union in the 90s uh these soviet satellites like were just slowly starting to get access to like western like computers and technology but a lot of it was like super old hand-me-downs like like an amiga or a zx spectrum or like stuff you know something from like a generation or two prior so they like really fell in love with like stuff that ran on low-level hardware like crpgs like really low-level crpgs and stuff like that and that's why that like those styles and genres of games like still uh thrive in that part of the world but man dude is there a lot of that game i super don't like (laughs) (laughs) like you'll be like like the 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 driving model is very realistic and in that way it is bad (laughs) 
because you so easily they give you all these little gauges to like here you know you can adjust your fucking like um drive shaft or like your uh uh i don't know i'm not a car person like the uh just like different aspects of your car you can tune but Mm -hmm. you can tune it per match so you can like literally go into this menu and it has like a bunch of like gauges that you can flip like from one end to the other and they all adjust like little you know micro you know uh uh, aspects of your car and you can feel it you can definitely feel the differences between cars but there's like those attributes and then your car has like other meta attributes like weight and you know uh overall control and like how well it drifts and all this stuff and so you have to be aware of all that but even then you go into a fucking destruction derby arena and you'll still spin out half the time because like you're in destruction derby you want to fucking you see a guy that's like barely moving you don't want to go and t-bone that motherfucker and then right at the last second they move out of the way and so you you know rip on the wheel to turn around and you just spin out because like you were going like 100 miles an hour across this (laughs) arena and it, it just it's i so desperately want a contemporary car combat game that is like that perfect like you know middle point between like arcadey game feel and like realistic like destruction or like feel good destruction you played blur i never played blur (gasps) you should you should try blur but blur is like a stock car racing thing still right like no well okay blur is like what if mario kart but with realistic cars. Oh yeah, I think you told and, me about this. And shiny Xbox 360 graphics, like mm-hmm. the shiniest metals. Right. It's 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 Mario Kart, but like the cars, like instead of shooting shells, you're like firing shock waves of energy out. Mm. It's real cool. I like. There's a power up in Blur. That's a landmine that you can place, and it's like a big sort of uh, uh i don't know what would you call a d20 like a decahedron dodecahedron dodecahedron yeah like, like it's a floating glyph of a dodecahedron that sits on the field and it'll explode if someone hits it you can also hold the forward button kind of like how a mario kart you can launch bananas forward mm. but instead it kind of makes the mind sort of hit scan forward it just like oh, draws a straight line and if there's a car in front of you it, the car in front of you just explodes it's amazing it's beautiful yeah, I mean, it's hard to clarify, like, when I say car <laughs> combat, like, I mean, like, you know, physical, like, like, I do like games that have, like, you know, like, I never played Auto Assault, but, like, whatever, like, does Twisted Metal have guns? Yes. In it? Okay, yeah, like, like, those types of games are fine, Um, but, like, I mean more so the Burnout style, like, I am going to come up on a guy and just ram my chassis into his and see which one gives out first. Like mm-hmm. I like there's a there's a uh, there's a physicality to that that I really enjoy and I really enjoy playing the remaster Burnout Paradise. Um, but I want something more than that. Like I'm 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 still very interested in Destruction All Stars, that PS5 exclusive game, because I'm curious if that'll satisfy that niche for me. Um, once I at some point get my hands on a PS5. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, yeah, car games with when when I say car combat, I mean more so like <laughs> car melee combat, for lack of a better phrase, like when you're actually like ramming into another car, less so like, oh, I have like Mario Kart style, like weapons or whatever items to, to utilize against my opponents. Like, I don't really want that, though. I do enjoy that sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
um especially like a mario kart battle game type but uh yeah i i was hoping Wreckfest was going to be that but it wasn't really um Aww. and i think it's just because of the the driving model more than anything else um but you could drive like a like a bus like one of the things you can pick is just a giant bus and the nice. bus has a ton of weight to it so it could take some pretty good <laughs> hits and deal out a lot of damage or like a uh uh farm harvester you mm-hmm. know one of those big things with like the spitting thing on the front to like gather up like corn or grain or whatever you can drive one of those though I it's like, like center of gravity is like super high so if you take a turn really sharp it just immediately tips over um <laughs> and like it because it's all you know uh client side hosted like each server room game room like the people can pick whatever like the the variant is or like adjust the certain aspects of the game right so like you can reset you can hold x on the controller to reset your car in the in the case that you do like flip over and some people switch that to be instant and some people switch it to be like oh you have to hold it down for like three or five seconds so like you're flipped over and you're like super exposed and people could still come up and ram on you um and you have hp like once your hp runs out that's how you're out of the game right um and like so for those three seconds while you're like desperately holding down the button to reset your car and it kind of turns your car into like a ghost mode for a sec so you're like invulnerable and people will clip through you until you like kind of spawn back in properly you're mm-hmm. just like sitting there and taking a bunch of hits so like the harvester flips over and then you're just like prone like a cow on the on the uh-huh. fucking field and people are just like coming up and hitting you <laughs> but yeah all right well, yeah wreck fest could have been better won't be on your best games played it might be maybe i'll come around on it who knows maybe i'll be so desperate at the end of this year to play uh <laughs> maybe it'll be your world of warcraft it'll be my world of warcraft my war my world of wreckfest <laughs> um all right alex what do you want to talk about now we got a bunch of shit here we do uh i i played a game last week you played a game last week i i played through in one sitting i've been meaning to get around to this game i didn't actually uh-huh. know it was going to be this short but that's one of the most wonderful things about it. Um, I played through What Remains of Edith Finch mm. in an evening, mm. which mm. is a very, oh. very unique story. Okay, I. It's hard to talk about this game, yeah, because there's so I, much that I don't want to give away, yeah, and so much that I want to ensure people are going to experience for themselves the first time. Uh. But I mean, it's just fascinating to me as a story about tragedy that it aims to be as beautiful as it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the briefest of synopses is that you are the last remaining finch in, in, in the finch family. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not a bird. That's their last name. Oh, shit. Damn uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm out. Um, and on the day of your mother's passing, you having suddenly been becoming the the last Finch, uh, you get a key, um, that sort of guides you to go back to the old family homestead, which is this big, ungainly, uh, beautiful, but, but sort of cobbled together home in the Pacific Northwest somewhere. Uh, And with it, you sort of begin learning more about a family curse 
and the family's history, uh, why the family is so obsessed with death and why everyone in it has sort of died in, in either weird or notable or downright tragic ways. Um, and you experience all of these stories in unique ways. Like there's a, one of the daughters, well, one of the young girls in the Finch family is, uh, when she was a child star and when she died, there ended up being like a, like a tales from the crypt comic book made out of her life as like a young horror, horror movie star. Oh, interesting. And so you experience her story of how she died through like a comic book sequence that plays out a little bit like 13 almost. Hmm. Um, okay. There's... Like with that art style, like it changes the art style. Right, it. yeah. Like you dive into it and go from panel to panel as you sort of play through them all in a first person perspective. Uh, there's, uh, man, what else? Some of the sequences are really good and I, and I can't, like they're the ones that stick out to me the most, but I can't talk about them because you just got to see them. I should play uh, this. I own this. I this I, Again, another game I bought like a year or two ago. Like yeah, I bought right? this and Gorogoa at the same time. I haven't played either of them. Like, like, like it's been sitting in my library for years, and I'm just like, man, people talk about this game. I need to play it. Yeah. I should do it. And I just like went, okay, this is the evening. I'm just going to play Edith Finch. Um, it is really short. It's like two and a half hours at the most. Sure. Are you um, are you a walking sim guy? Yeah, I'm, you, I'm into him. You, you, <laughs> yeah. It depends you, on you, which. If you walking put a walking sim, sim in front of me, I'm going to eat it. So <laughs> I recently Moa played walking sim. Why like not? I, like I recently played through Event Zero. Um, which why is that on uh, not on this list? Um, I don't uh, know. You have that, to add to the show notes, Alex. I yeah, I just completely forgot about that one. I think it depends on the walking sim, and and I would rather play ones that have like some critical acclaim than ones that don't. Uh, wow. wow you're the problem alex <laughs> you're why this industry is dying i i mean i try them uh i will edith event zero didn't have like a ton of buzz about it i think it had a game makers toolkit video that made me buy it but uh other than that um that was cool you got to like talk to a computer the whole time like the only interface in that game is you clicking on a computer so that a keyboard pops up and you type in instructions to a computer and the ai on it is like self-aware and mm-hmm. talks back to you okay. and it's pretty brilliant in that sense like you actually have a companion in this game that seems to dynamically respond to you and understand what you're saying and you can have like a conversation with it a real conversation it's weird i don't know how they did it um but you're also like just using it in a, in a utilitarian manner a lot for like you know sure. can you can you open door 13 like that kind of thing um so anyway, that that was the short review of Event Zero. You should try that one just to sort of see that mechanic in action. It's cool. But I in- inserted was... within our discussion of yeah. Edith Finch. <laughs> it's a review within a review. Edith Finch is very worth playing. I, I would go as far as to say one of my favorites so far this year. Um that there's there's just a lot going on in that story, and it's so hard to talk about. If, if if you're talking with someone who hasn't played it <laughs> i'll play it how about yeah. i play it before next episode and then okay. we can then we can chit chat i'd love to watch you play through it i want to sort of see your reactions okay yeah that'd be cool i i uh similar to that um friend of the show harris foster had me play through uh while he watched um this game uh 
What's the title? Dr. Langaskov, Dr. Langaskov, the tiger and the terribly cursed emerald colon a whirlwind heist, um, which is made by some of the people that made Stanley Parable. Um, So it's definitely one of those. I know the Stanley Parable like you have um, you have uh, uh, Davey Reedon and then the other folks that worked on it. And I think the other folks went off to make crows, crows, crows. Is that correct? Do I have that? Uh, this is by crows, crows, crows. Yeah. Right. So this, so this is the non, this is the non Davy Reedon segment of of the people that worked on the Stanley Parable. Um, so this game is really interesting, um, and also maybe something I shouldn't spoil. But but Harris really likes this game, so he asked me to play it, and it's also free um, on Steam. Oh, hello. And, and it's and like thirty or forty five minutes long. But uh, it's I don't know. Do you want me to spoil like the the main the main gist of this? I'll play it. It's okay. free, baby. <laughs> like, I'll I'm... play anything that's free. <laughs> you say it's good. It's by Crows, Crows, Crows. I'm lo- I'm seeing it's got Justin Roiland in it, who I like. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah, maybe maybe this was prior to a. Him making squanch games because in crows 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 do accounting. I think they did. What? Okay. Oh, this man. whole this whole genealogy and is vague in my head. I got to make sure of that real quick. Crows crows crows. It's a good good studio name, frankly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yes, they did do accounting. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't go with corvid 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 because that would have been a. <laughs> The SEO on that's probably pretty poor, given the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, probably right. Uh, that's cool though. Yeah. All right, so okay. is, well, is then, it like a Stanley Parable adventure though? Like, 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 give, give, give yeah, me a rundown without any spoilers. Okay. Um. Well, I'm trying to think if if you consider like the. Basically, you're going to you're going to participate in this heist. Okay. Um. But the heist. Uh, the heist is structured like basically it's a it's a meta game like it knows it's a game it's a Stanley Parable style interactive like walking sim that knows it's a game and even to the point where it's not even like oh you're going to be playing this video game it's treating this video game like it's a stage production and hmm. a stage production that uh acts like a um acts like a theme park ride where there is a literal queue where you have to wait in line to participate and before you get your turn you have to do certain things to then play the game quote unquote okay all right all right so that's all i'll say okay so and that might also that might already be giving too much away but um, how about you play that? I'll play Edith Finch, and then okay. we'll reconvene. I like this plan. On on that. Um, all right. Anything else you well, want to talk about? What what? I think got- I think we should wrap up with some news that I don't think. No, wait. Did we? We did. Never mind. We covered this. Uh, what NFTs? We already talked about NFTs. Anthem. We talked about Pringles. Oh, Anthem's we talked, dead. We no, we, talk- we we never talked about that. I thought we did last episode. No. Okay. Well, much like a Finch family member, Anthem is dead. 
Yeah, and it died in a tragic way. I'm going to read a comic book. We're experience <laughs> it's it's death through a comic book. It's just sad, man. Yeah. Wasn't there another like games as a service game that was shut down recently? I I bet like fifty of them shut down a month. Like like oh, wow. <laughs> frankly, okay. I I don't know, man. I think what what bothers me about Anthem is that I felt promising. I, I felt hopeful about its future from like the get go. I thought, man, mm-hmm. that looks like cool. That that like cool. that looks like cool. Yeah, um, that looks like fun. It's cool. There's like free form flight, and you know, a destiny with mech, mech suits is is kinda. Yeah, I. And then, like, there's no freeform flight. It's buggy. The game feels off. Destiny's already out and eating its lunch. Like, it, uh, and and then, what really bugs me about this whole situation, to me, the, the the real crux of like the frustration is that they sort of announced that it had like one more chance mm-hmm. to to you know, it's like, is Anthem <laughs> gonna do it? Will it? Right. Won't it? Like, it, they, yeah, it's they on you, it fuckers. A, yeah. They made it a public debacle whether or not Anthem was going to get pulled from the grave. And I don't know. That makes it cut a lot worse than, sure. than like if it, they were just like quietly like, oh, we, we shelved it. <laughs> well, okay. So like what are the two what are the two big like games as a service success stories? It's 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 Destiny. Fortnite. It, oh, yeah, I, I guess. Um I guess more. I guess I meant more like single single player driven, like of this style of oh. the Destiny likes. It's okay. like this in No Man's Sky in my head, and even No Man's Sky is kind of like its own separate thing. So yeah, I and guess that, games as a service. That one, in like, I don't think No Man's Sky has like any microtransactions either, so it's not really like a games as a service. That's just a single player game that had a bunch of updates that made it better. Yeah, I guess right? so. I guess it's in. A, a, I guess I guess I'm less talking about a genre categorization and more so a public sentiment like okay destiny wasn't well right. received when it first came out like it, it was like yes. it was like there were people that really liked it but it was also there were plenty of people that had pretty harsh criticisms for it no man's sky came out and there were people that liked it but there's plenty of harsh criticisms about and obviously those two games did well enough out the gate to justify reinvesting in themselves and trying to make better versions i don't know if that was the case for anthem or if anthem you know if ea just just didn't want to bother because i I think they said like how many people were working on like the resurrection oh oh uh artifact artifacts the other game that got that's it yeah i heard about that one and now it's like free to try until they pull the plug yeah both versions like the one where you like the, the the old version and then the the remake that they were doing right uh, did either of these have like a Peter Dinklage they could have removed and replaced that would have like <laughs> helped helped <Yeah>. it out? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, did, were there any characters voiced by that Nolan North could voice? Um, <laughs> I yeah, it's just you know I'm not going to pretend I know anything about gas AAA game development, but it's uh, you could see a path where Anthem could have been rescued you could see a path where artifact could have been rescued and i'm just so curious what decisions what ultimately decides what which one of these games makes it and doesn't make it like is it literally a resource thing is it like the people heading the project because then the person that headed anthem leave wasn't it like 
It was like a big Bioware guy. Like, wasn't it like the guy that like created Mass Effect? Um, <laughs> it was the guy. Well, it was like a guy that like really that was like well known within Bioware. Sorry, I meant um, to bring this up when we were talking about shitty movies we watched recently. I watched Spy Kids three recently. Oh yeah, those movies aren't great. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about the guy, and I kind of want to be the guy for Halloween now. He's the anyway. guy. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, Bioware's uh, the guy. Bioware's the guy. Who, who am I? All right, yeah, but like it's, I'm just so curious what determines because like anthem like anthem was rough all right like like quest design didn't make a lot of sense like like it it, you had real no good direction the matchmaking was pretty poor i knew it was like pretty uh buggy um but uh there had to be something salvageable within it so i i mean and i know it's all like a cost benefit analysis but you know you want to see every game succeed no one's sitting yeah. here hoping a game fails. Yeah. And well, someone might be. Well, yeah, but I'm saying no one, no one rational wants yes. to see a game fail. Uh, and I just don't know. I I feel like there's there's something with any of these games that could Casey Hudson. Casey Hudson was the guy I'm thinking of. Did he? Okay, he didn't work on Anthem. All right, ignore oh. me. Sorry, okay. I went down that rabbit hole and it. it yielded nothing um <laughs> Found nothing but dirt but he did he was he was the mass effect guy but he was not the anthem guy um gotcha i i think between like i mean obviously like the pandemic has done a lot to like devs and studios mm-hmm. um and like we're gonna see like this echoing effect of like things getting delayed or canceled like for years because of the pandemic um but you look at you look at Artifact, you look at Anthem, and you even look at Google Stadia closing its first-party studios, like, you know, b- having barely, like, done anything yet. Like, they released Journey to the Savage Planet, which wasn't even, like, a fully internally developed game. Like, they bought the studio that made that. Yeah. Um, and you're just... I'm just so curious the lack of faith in and stuff like that. I, I, I wish these projects were given more time to, like, find themselves. Yeah, absolutely. The Google Stadia thing is just hilarious, especially after it came to light that they uh, they did that because they were terrified how much money Microsoft spent on Bethesda. They're like, holy shit, how much? Yeah. How many billions of dollars? <laughs> oh, I thought this God. was going to be cheap and easy. What? I, I, God. Fuck this, oh. I'm going back to email. The whole Stadia story is so weird, especially because, like, it started with them showing off, like, a museum of failed video game products. Yeah, I was there. I saw it in person at GDC. What was the point of that? Are you It was like a power glove, and the only thing that was missing from that exhibit was, like, the Phantom console, honestly. Like, if they had that, that would have been the real warning sign. Yeah, it's... and, And now they're, like basically i okay so now they're just like a a content delivery platform right they're no longer making games they're only serving up existing ones exactly um what's really funny about (laughs) that gdc museum thing was that i remember frank cefaldi talking about it because frank cefaldi runs the uh video game historical history foundation Mm -hmm. um where they do like archival and stuff and 
apparently Google approached them about making like or, or helping collaborate to make that thing. And I feel like Frank said something to the effect of like or like he was giving them advice and Google was just straight up ignoring him. Like mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, it's like you should do this or show that. And like maybe you shouldn't show this product because like it implies like a sense of failure. Like maybe don't show I think it was like the virtual boy and the power glove. I, I forget what exactly was on there. I'm trying to look it up. Right. Um, and they just straight up ignored him, which seems like the going uh, MO for Stadia, where it's just like, we're going to do our own thing. Why did it fail? It's like, well, it's because you're not listening to <laughs> not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. You're not listening to like the, the experts that you hired, like Phil Harris. Like, I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. Because it, it, it feels like, because they also said something effective like all the stadia people were like congratulated like a day or two before for what a great job they were doing even though they had line lined up this this uh closing announcement by then and it's just it's it's wild to to think about um and it it, it definitely seems to come down to a uh just a managerial problem at least on the stadia side less so on the the anthem or artifact side right so the artifact thing is just like why did you want to charge so much money for so much of this game it should have been obvious um yes the 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 stuff they chose for that exhibit included a sega dreamcast (laughs) an nes power glove and a copy of et for the atari 2600 Oh my god! Which just not... it bodes so well. <laughs> um, and here's Frank Cifaldi's tweet: uh, "Confession: We were paid to provide these things for the Stadia display. They didn't know what they wanted, changed the scope about four times, and ended up mishmashing two different concepts that worked together uh, into one that didn't." Um, the text on the placards was draft text. I barfed out quickly. I was like, this is just for context. Have your writers redo this. And they were printed as is oh my typos God. and all. Um, that said, uh, they paid great. And the money was crucial to helping, uh, the video game history foundations game informer preservation project happened in May. So I'm super thankful for the opportunity as bizarre as the final presentation ended up being, um, what if I put all the objects up as a charity auction for Video Game History Foundation? Quote, recreate the Epic Stadia display at home. <laughs> They're just kind of sitting in a tub taking up space right uh, now. Man. I I, I do want to say I've played with my Stadia a little bit. It works fine. Yeah. Like, even I, when I played it when it was Project Stream, like, the tech is... The tech holds up. Yeah. it's It's just so focused on being something it can't be that it fails to realize what it already is 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 pretty good like i that's what bothers me the most i think and the business model was broken like it was it wasn't a a la carte system like a game pass or something or like the amazon luna whatever that's going to be when it when it shows up it Mm -hmm. like they had the streaming idea and then they asked they were asking people to pay for these games these games that normally they own on other platforms, they were asking them to pay for them here, um, siloed off away from their friends. You know, a lot of them had crossplay, but some of them didn't. Um, where their save data 
would always be tied to this platform owned by Google, where Google has a penchant for axing product lines at the tip of a hat. Oh, yeah. Like, talk to me about Google Currents or Google Reader or Allo. Is Allo play still music. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so dumb. Um, so there's already the wariness from the consumer base because of that. And then they had this weird... You know, they had the Stadia Pro thing, which was a subscription, but that didn't mean you got stuff for free. I mean, you got some stuff for free, but you still had to pay for other stuff and maybe you got a discount on stuff. And like the whole thing was nonsense. And like some of the games like ran or like were at a resolution that was worse than they were if you just ran them locally on other platforms. Like the whole thing was a mess. It definitely it feels like that Google style of like, oh, we have this really brilliant like engineering piece of engineering mm-hmm let's do something with it right and then they try doing something with it and then someone else that might have like a better product sense or like you know industry awareness be like hey maybe you should change this this or that thing it's like no we're google no we got we we figured this out like we're google like we got the technology we're geniuses you just you just don't know what you're doing yeah <sighs> anyways well. that's uh that's video games that is video games. That's Moa Burger. That's Moa Burger. Brought to you by Moa Burger flavored Pringles. The Pringles sh- that taste like a Moa Burger. Once you pop, sure. the Halo don't stop. Mmm. Taste the Halo. Does Master Chief even eat chips? Does he even eat? I'm pretty sure he eats, but like... That motherfucker I, took his helmet off like twice in the span of five games. Yeah, but like there's got to be like an off screen Master Chief, I don't know, downing some refined you know, calorie goo in a tube right. or something. It's like it's like Bear Grylls when they're not filming. He's like has a, like a nice spread out in the middle of the Amazon <laughs> rainforest after he's mm-hmm. been eating bear shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, Who knows? I have to assume that his suit like filters his piss into like drinking water or something like that. that well, it jerks him be. off. We all know he, it, it jerks <laughs> him off. So if if they have that, if they have jerking off technology within the Mjolnir suit, it has have to have you, like a, a piss filtration system. Have you seen the Brian David Gilbert video on Halo lore, <laughs> where he gets really mad about like the suit that jerks him off? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that whole like project take it like a year to read through all those yes. fucking books yes <laughs> Brian David Gilbert, like, what are you doing? that's just a drill tweet it was a joke from a drill tweet the, the spartans are chemically castrated they, can, they can't be jerked off like <laughs> uh man anyway all right um file review alex out of, out of 10 out of 10 yeah um i don't know Six, six and a half. Yeah, I give it six. Yeah, edible. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I, you could eat these. You could eat this whole can without thinking about it. Like, yeah, it's like it, it would happen immediately. Um, all right. Well, that's another that's another episode of the podcast where we yeah. eat chips. Let us know what your favorite Pringles flavor is. Is it Moa Burger? Is it something else? So head to your local Walmart. And enjoy some Moa Burger. Alex, where can people find you? 
People can find me at my local Walmart buying more Moa burgers. Pringles. <laughs> just, just, just pouring them into your cart. <laughs> just just dozens and dozens of cans. They can also find me at Twitter. On on Twitter at Godan. That's G-H-O-D-A-N with an underscore. Cool. And nowhere else. Otherwise, okay. I don't exist. All right. Um, you can find me at Alex's house. Uh, <laughs> giving him the rest of this can because I don't want the shit in the house. Um, <laughs> or you can find me on Twitter at Dylan Vento. And if you like this podcast, you want to listen to any of our other podcasts, you can find them at ward-games.com or on Twitter at Ward Video Games or wherever podcasts are listened to. Just search Wardcast. That's another episode. Alex, thank you so much for consuming uh, snacks with me. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>